Section 4 of Omens and Superstitions of Southern India. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Siddharth. Omens and Superstitions of Southern India by Edgar Thurston. Chapter 1. Omens. Part 4. From a recent note on beliefs about the bull, I gather that Manu enjoins a grihasta or householder to always travel with beasts which are well broken in, swift, endowed with lucky marks, and perfect in color and form, without urging them much with the gourd. Marks are accounted lucky if they appear in certain forms and at a certain spots. One of these marks is usually known as Sudi in Telugu and Suli in Tamil. A Sudi is nothing but a wall or circlet of hair. A properly formed sudi being perfectly round in form and nearly resembling the sudivalu, the chakrayuda of Vishnu, which is a short circular weapon commonly known as the discus of Vishnu, every ox should have at least two of these circlets or twists of hair, one on the face and one on the back, right about its center. Two curls may occur on the face, but they should not be one above the other, in which case. They are known as Kod Mel Kod or Umbrella above Umbrella. The party of such a bull, it is believed, will soon have some mischief in his house. Some, however, hold that this curl is not really so bad as it is supposed to be. If the curls are side by side, they are accounted lucky. In that case, they are known as Damara Suli or Double Kettle Drum Circlet. From the kettle drums placed on either side of Brahmani bulls in temple processions, it is sometimes known as the Kalyana marriage suli, because such a kettle drum is often used in marriage processions. A curl on the hump is held to be a very good one, bringing prosperity to the purchaser. It is known as the Kirita suli, or the crown circlet. The Dewlaps should have a curl on either side or none. A curl on one side is described as not lucky. On the back of the animal a curl must be perfectly round. If it is elongated and stretches on one side, it is known as the Pade Suli or the Bayer Circlet. Katri Suli or the Scissor Circlet is found usually in the region of the belly and is an unlucky sign. On the body is sometimes found the Puran Suli, the circlet named after the centipede, from its supposed resemblance to it. On the legs is often found the Velangu Suli, or chain circlet, from its being like a chain bound to the legs. Both these are said to be bad marks, and bulls having them are invariably hard to sell. Attempts at erasure of unlucky marks are frequently noticed for the reason that an animal with a bad mark is scarcely, if ever, sold to advantage. One of the most common and most effective ways of erasing an unlucky mark is to brand it pretty deep so that the hair disappears and the curl is no more observable. Animals so branded are regarded with considerable suspicion and it is often difficult to secure purchases for them. The following are 
some of the marks on horses and cattle recorded by Mr. Holmes. A. Horses. 1. Diobund, having control over evil spirits, also termed Devuman or Devumani, said by Mohammedans to represent the Prophet's finger and by Hindus to represent a temple bell. This mark is a ridge. 1 to 3 inches long, situated between the throat and counter along the line of the trachea. It is the most lucky mark a horse can possess. It is compared to the sun, and therefore, when it is present, none of the evil stars can shine, and all unlucky omens are overruled. 2. Korta Gard, Peg Driver, or Kila Gard is a ridge of hair directed downwards on one or both hand legs. It is said that no horse in the stable will be sold so long as a horse with this mark is kept. 3. Buddy Fetter A ridge of hair directed upwards on one or both forearms on the outer side and said to indicate that the owner of the animal will be sent to jail. 4. Thunni Teat. Teat-like projections on the sheath of the male are considered unlucky. B. Cattle. 5. Pashikam Sole. Pashikam Sole is a crown on the forehead above the line of the eyes, named after the chaplet worn by the bride and the bridegroom during the marriage ceremony. If the purchaser be a bachelor or a widower, this mark indicates that he will soon marry. If the purchaser be a married man, he will either have the misfortune to lose his wife and marry again, or the good fortune to obtain two wives. 6. Mukanti Sule Three crowns on the forehead, arranged in the form of a triangle, said to represent the three eyes of Shiva, of which the one on the forehead will, if opened, burn up all things within the range of the vision. 7. Pade Sule Two ridges of hair on the back on either side of the middle line indicating that the purchaser will soon need a coffin. 8. Taktu Sule A crown situated on the back between the points of the hips indicated that any business undertaken by the purchaser will fail. 9. A bullock with numerous spots over the body, like a deer, is considered very lucky. The following quaint omen is recorded by Bishop Whitehead. At a certain village, when a pig is sacrificed to the village goddess Angalamban, its neck is first cut slightly and blood allowed to flow on to some boiled rice placed on a flat leaf, and then the rice is soaked in its own blood is given to the pig to eat. If the pig eats it, the omen is good. If not, the omen is bad. But in any case, the pig has its head cut off by the pujari priest. If a Brahmani kite, Haliastor Indus, when flying, is seen carrying something in its beak, the omen is considered very auspicious. The the sight of this bird on a Sunday morning is also auspicious. So, on this day, people may be seen throwing pieces of mutton or lumps of butter to it. If an owl takes refuge in a house, 
the building is at once deserted, the doors are closed, and the house is not occupied for six months. When an expiatory sacrifice must be performed, Brahmins are fed, and the house can only be re-entered after the proper hour has been fixed upon. This superstition only refers to a test house. A terraced house need not be vacated. Ill luck will follow should an owl sit on the house top or perch on the bough of a tree near the house. One screech forebodes death. Two screeches forebode success in any approaching undertaking. Three, the addition of a girl to the family by marriage. Four, a disturbance. Five, that the hearer will travel. Six creatures foretell the coming of guests. Seven, mental distress. Eight, sudden death. And nine, signify favorable results. A species of owl called Pullu is a highly dreaded bird. It is supposed to cause all kinds of illness to children, resulting in emaciation. At the sound of the screeching, children are taken into a room to avoid its furtive and injurious gaze. Various propitiatory ceremonies are performed by specialists to secure its goodwill. Amulets are worn by children as a preventive against its evil influences. To warn off the unwelcome intruder, broken pots painted with black and white dots are set upon on housetops. In the Bellari district, the flat roofs of many houses may be seen decked with rags, fluttering from sticks, piles of broken plots, and so forth. These are to scare away owls, which it is said sometimes vomit up blood and sometimes milk. If they sit on house and bring up blood, it is bad for the inmates, if milk, good. But the risk of the vomit turning out to be blood is apparently more feared than that of chance of its proving to be milk is hoped for. And it is thought best to be on the safer side and to keep the owl at a distance. The cones believe that if owl hoots over the roof of a house or on a tree close thereto, a death will occur in the family at an early date. If the bird hoots close to the village, but outside it, the death of one of the villagers will follow. For this reason, it is pelted with stones and driven off. The waste belt of a Koraga whom I saw at Udipi in South Canada, was made of owl bones. Should a crow come near the house and caw in its usual raucous tones, it means that calamity is impending. But should the bird indulge in its peculiar prolonged guttural note, happiness will ensure. If a crow keeps on cawing incessantly at the house, it is believed to foretell the coming of a guest. The belief is so strong that some housewives prepare more food than is required for the family. There is also an insect called Viruntu Puchi, or guest insect. If crows are sent, if crows are seen fighting in front of a house, news of a death will shortly be heard in some places. If a crow enters a house, it must be vacated for not less than three months and before it can be reoccupied a purification ceremony must be performed and a number of brahmins fed among the poorer classes who are unable to incur this expense it is not uncommon to allow a house which has been thus polluted to fall into ruins in malabar there is a belief that ill luck will result if 
on certain days across soils one's person or clothes. The evil can only be removed by bathing with the clothes on and propitiating Brahmans. On other days, the omen is a lucky one. On Srarth Memorial Days, pindams, balls of cooked rice, are offered to the crows. If they do not touch them, the ceremony is believed not to have been properly performed and the wishes of the dead man are not satisfied. If the crows, after repeated trials, fail to eat the rice, the celebrant makes up his mind to satisfy these wishes and the crows are then supposed to release the balls. On one occasion, my Brahmin assistant was in camp with me on the Polni Hills, the higher altitudes of which are uninhabited by crows, and he had to perforce to march down to the plains in order to perform the annual ceremony in memory of his deceased father. On another occasion, a Brahmin who was staying on the Polney Hills telegraphed to the village of Periakulam for two crows, which duly arrived confined in a cage. The Srarth ceremony was performed, and the birds were then set at liberty. On the last day of the death ceremonies of the odd days, Navis, some rice is cooked, some rice is cooked and placed on an arka, Calotropis gigante leaf, as an offering to the crows. The arka plant, which grows luxuriantly on wastelands, is, it may be noted, used by Brahmins for the propitiation of rishis, sages, and Pitru's ancestors. For seven days after the death of a Fanian of Malabar, a little rice cruel is placed near the grave by the Chemmi priest, who claps his hands as a signal to the evil spirits in the vicinity, who in the shape of a pair of crows are supposed to partake of the food, which is hence called Kaka Kanji or Crows Cruel. On the third day after the death of a Vedar, Canaries cultivator, a woman brings to the graveside some luxuries in the way of food, which is mixed up in a winnowing tray into three portions and placed in front of three stones set over the head, abdomen, and legs of the deceased for crows to partake of it. On the sixth day, after the death of a Korava, the chief mourner kills a fowl and mixes its blood with rice. This he places with beetle leaves and areca nuts near the grave. If it is carried off by the crows, everything is considered to have been settled satisfactorily. When a jungle Urali has been excommunicated from his caste, he must kill a sheep or goat before the elders and mark his forehead with its blood. He then gives a feast to the assembly and puts part of the food on the roof of his house. If the crows eat it, he is received back into the caste. A native clerk some time ago took leave in anticipation of sanction or received of news of a death in his family at a distant town. His excuse was that his elder brother had, on learning that his son had seen two crows in Koitu, sent him a postcard stating that the son was dead. The boy turned out to be alive, but the card, it was explained, was sent owing to a superstitious belief that if a person sees two crows engaged in sexual congress, he will die unless one of his relations sheds tears. To avoid this catastrophe, false news as to the death are sent by post or telegraph, 
and subsequently corrected by a letter or telegram announcing that the individual is alive. A white albino crow, which made its appearance in the city of Madras a few years ago, caused considerable interest among the residents of the locality as it was regarded as a very good omen. Among some classes in Mysore, there is a belief that if a death occurs in a house on Tuesday on Friday and another death will speedily follow unless a fowl is tied to one corner of the pyre, the fowl is burned with the corpse. Those cats which do not eat fowls replace it by the bolt of the door. Among the Tamils, if a burial takes place on Sunday, a fowl must be buried or burnt, or another death will shortly occur in the family. There is a Tamil proverb that a Saturday corpse will not go alone. When a fowl is sacrificed to the deity by the jungle pallions of the Palni hills, the head ought to be severed out one plough, as this is a sign of the satisfaction of the god for the past and of protection for the future, should the head still hang, this would be a bad omen for burning calamities for the ensuring year. An interesting rite in connection with pregnancy ceremonies among the Uddays, Navis, is the presentation of a fowl or two to the pregnant woman by her maternal uncle. The birds are attended with great care, and if they lay eggs abundantly, it is a sign that the woman will be prolific. By some, it is considered unlucky to keep pigeons about a dwelling house, as they are believed on account of their habit of standing on one leg to lead to poverty. The temple or blue rock pigeon is greatly venerated by natives who consider themselves highly favored if the birds build in their houses. Should a death occur in a house where there are tame pigeons, all the birds will, it is said, at the time of funeral, circle thrice round the loft and leave the locality forever. House sparrows are supposed to possess a similar characteristic, but before quitting the house of mourning, they will pull every straw out of their nests. Sparrows are credited with bringing good luck to the house in which they build their nests. For this purpose, when a house is under construction, holes are left in the walls or ceiling or earthen pots are hung on the walls by means of nails as an attractive site for nesting, one method of attracting sparrows to a house is to make a noise with rupees, as in the act of counting out coins. There are experts who are able to interrupt the significance of the chirping of lizards, which inter alia foretells the approach of a case of snake bite, and whether the patient will die or not. The fall of a lizard on different parts of the body is often taken as an omen for good or evil, according as it alights on the right or left side, hand or foot, head or shoulders. A native of Kotin foretold, from the chirping of a lizard, that a robbery would take place at a certain temple. In accordance with the prophecy, the temple jewels were looted, and the prophet was sent to prison under suspicion of being an accomplice of the thieves, but subsequently released. The hook-swinging ceremony is said to be sometimes performed after the consent of the goddess has been obtained. If a lizard is heard chirping on the right, it is regarded as a sign of her consent. It is believed that the man who is swung suffers no pain, 
if the clause is a good one, but excruciating agony if it is a bad one. If an iguana varadus enters a house, misfortune is certain to occur within a year unless the house is shut up for six months. The appearance of a tortoise in a house or in a field which is being ploughed is inauspicious. In the Karpa district, a cultivator applied for remission of rent because one of his fields had been left waste owing to a tortoise making its appearance in it. If under these circumstances a field had been cultivated, the man, his wife or his cattle would have died. It was pointed out that as the tortoise was one of Vishnu's incarnations, it should have been considered as an honor that the animal visited the field. But the reply was that a tortoise would be honored in the water, but not on the land. The sight of two snakes coiled round each other in sexual congress is considered to portend some great evil. The present of a rat snake, Zaminus mucosus, in a house at night is believed to bring good fortune to the inmates. Its evil influence is in its tail, a blow from which will cause a limp to shrink in size and waste away. In a valley named Rapuri Kanama in the Kadapa district, there is a pond near a Shiva temple to Gundeshwara. Those desirous of getting children, wealth, etc. should go there with a pure heart, bathe in the pond, and then worship at the temple. After this, they should take a wild pineapple leaf and place it on the border of the pond. If their wishes are to be granted, a crab rises from the water and bites the leaf in two. If their wishes will not be granted, the crab rises but leaves the leaf untouched. If, however, the person has not approached the pond with a pure heart, he will be set upon by a swarm of bees which live in the vicinity and will be driven off. If the nest of a clay-building insect is found in a house, the birth of a child is foretold. If a mud nest of a male child, if a nest made of jungle lack of a girl. End of section 4